Hi guys, welcome back. This week's episode of the Stickman Sessions welcomes London's Ergo Fismis to the show. Ergo is a composer, writer, radio producer, homemade opera maker, performer and multimedia artist. His work's been received to critical acclaim around the globe and he's got a number of different projects under his belt at the moment but he was kind enough to give us some time to have a chat about creativity and uh, his thoughts on the music industry and the entertainment industry in general so um, this is a really good episode we go in depth on quite a lot of topics it was a pleasure talking to him so hope you guys get something out of it and uh, yeah enjoy So just like to give a little bit background then, I guess, to, if that's all right with you, could you just um, sort of tell us a little bit about where you, where you grew up, when you got into music and what you currently do as an artist? Oh, um, well, I grew up in the north of England um, around lots of organ music and being surrounded by organ music led me into over over a long time into writing music and then uh, when I was a teenager I became interested in writing operas and uh, then I did that for a few years and then I threw them all away and then didn't do any music for a while then in my early 20s I started making electronic music and then uh, once I hit my 30s uh, my interest in making uh, invigorating music theatre was invigorated so now i make invigorating music theater and invigorating electronic music and invigorating pop songs that no one wants to release and uh i uh i generally go through life trying to add vigor to the world whereabouts in the north of england did you grow up sorry uh near middlesbrough i grew up okay Okay, cool. And what do you currently, because obviously the first I had heard of you was through um, Pete Murphy, who's a big fan mm. of yours, um, recommended your music and, and, and for you to chat to. So um, I take it, do you do quite a lot of gigs at the moment then, or are you in a quiet patch at the minute? Um, I kind of gig uh, on and off over periods. I used to play a lot more in the in the olden days. I used to play around Europe a, a lot. Um, and then I got more into putting on theatre shows, so we toured various pieces. Uh, and then a few years ago, I got sick and fell over in an airport. And uh, then uh, sort of in the last year or two, I've gone back to performing and putting on productions again. And um, so I've been doing like monthly things in London at Depressible Presents, which is the night that Lottie... Depressible okay. Boa to my partner curates and we put on Nibiru in London and we're putting on Nibiru at Hackney Old Baths again in December so um, amazing yeah so there's always always lots and lots of things yeah going on happening for sure. hmm. are you but you're based in London currently then uh yeah okay and so do you think then when uh, you got ill did your approach to creative stuff change at all like afterwards uh, only only on like a really practical level of having to uh, sort of slow down a bit I think okay um, but I don't know it, it, it was kind of one of those times of uh, 
sort of, you know, because if you if you're sort of deliberately forced out of doing something, not if you sort of by necessity forced out of doing something, yeah. then you you know you come to come to reflect upon it, and then you and then you return stronger. Yeah. And, yeah. Nice. I like that. Um, okay. Cool. Well, so I've spent the day kind of listening through bits and bobs of your uh, releases and a couple of your videos and stuff. Um, if it's alright with you, it would be cool to talk about the, well, I might pronounce this wrong, is it Nibiru, the album? Hmm. Yeah. Is that, have I pronounced yeah, that I'd right? Like to, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. The, your guess is, is, is as good as mine as to how it's <laughs> okay. supposed to be pronounced, but Nibiru sounds about right. I've heard people say, say, say Nibiru and things yeah. like that. Well, I, Nibiru I totally. sounds, sounds better, sounds strong. I it think. does. Yeah, you're right. Um, so the description on that was what the world undoubtedly needs in these troubled times is a massive epic concept album about the apocalypse, conspiracy theories and social networking or networking in general and this is that mm. album. Um, when did you when did you write this? When did you actually release it? Uh, it was Nibiru was released getting on for a year ago. I think it was December of uh, last year it came out because there there was a, a Nibiru prophecy at the time that it was going to hit on New Year's Eve or something like that. Yeah, and I'd been cooking up for a while the idea that I wanted to do uh, well for years and years actually that I wanted to do something that was in a way like uh, one of those like like a Jeff Wayne War of the Worlds kind of album. And yeah. the uh, collapse of capitalism seemed like uh, seemed like a perfect a perfect subject matter for this. Um, I'd already made like records about Jeff Wayne, um, and uh, it seemed time now to really go the to go the full circle. And having not not long moved moved to London, I put Nibiru out, and then went to the National Gallery the, the next day. And uh, found the same Velasquez hanging there that's that's on the front cover of Nibiru. So everything everything oh, was wow. everything was well with the world. Everything tied in. That's cool. Hmm. Um, is did you? So how long did it take you to kind of compile all the different tracks for that? Is, was it a quick process for you when you decide on a concept, or does it take you quite a while? Uh, it depends on what it is. With Nibiru, it was made, you know, sort of quickly. I think the words were written over like a few weeks, and then the music, uh, which was done on a, a kind of what was in the flat we were currently in, which is a Casio tone and an electric guitar, yeah. um, and a violin, and then samples of of course um so th so the music was made over the course of maybe a week or something so maybe like a three-week process right, okay. to make the whole thing but of course formed from long uh long periods of gestation beforehand right, um okay. yeah and then how did you know when it was finished and sort of had everything in it that you wanted to put into it Oh, how do I know when it's when it when it's finished? Um, I don't know. It's it's funny because I mean, of course, everything could be, uh, you know, everything could be kind of, especially with electronic music, can be you know changed all the time, and it's difficult to say when the point is that 
something is that something is uh is finished but um i guess with the, with something like nibiru it's easier to kind of trace because it also has this this narration as well so because i'd written in 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 this instance i'd written all of the text before i'd started working on the music a lot that's not the usual way i do things i often work on text and music and video and blah 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 at the same time but okay. with but with nibiru i'd written a text because i was thinking actually that it was going to be a a theater piece yeah which it eventually became but in a completely different way to how i'd envisioned it being um and uh so i yeah so i had the text as a kind of measure of you know the tracks need to the pieces of music need to cover the length of this text and i knew also that the the music needed to convey a particular atmosphere conveyed by this text so i suppose each track of something like nibiru is trying to make like a particular picture and i suppose it's the same as whenever you know someone who's drawing a picture or painting a painting knows when it's finished it's the same time you do when you're making the piece of music or the piece of music drama or whatever yeah yeah nice that makes sense um is it was there any element of kind of comedy or sarcasm to it at all or was it something that you were actually expecting to happen in December of last year oh um no I didn't I didn't expect Nibiru to uh to plow into the earth um okay. but uh, but um there was on the day when we put the the show on at uh Rada when we played it at the Tetet festival there was a very strange news headline this morning that I, that I haven't been able to trace, but evidence that it exists is in the video because we talk about the news headline that had hit the, the news. And it said, giant rogue planet with star-crowned head plotted lurking just outside solar system 13 times the size of Jupiter. And this was announced without any fanfare as a sort of B headline on, on, the, on the morning that we, that we put in the production. And, and since then... It seems to have this news headline seems to have vanished. So since then, I've become marginally more convinced that we, maybe we are going to be demolished. But with that backstory, it would be quite a funny conclusion to the whole saga. But, yeah, for sure. That's quite weird. Um, awesome. Right. Okay. So is that the last project that you put out then, or has there been stuff since then? Uh, the last project I put out, I've been doing um, these things. <clears throat> called now that's what i call excessive and en- no no that's what i call yeah excessive now that's what ent- i call yeah. excessive entertainment top 10 music and magic anti-fascisti which is um a kind of response to this new sort of algorithmic wonder that they uh want to put across the internet to check everybody's copyright law so it's a kind of joke about um, making music out of really highly copyrighted, obvious things, but that are rendered into different shapes and un- unrecognizability and things like that. Oh, okay, hmm. that's cool. So, do, is that so? How do you know where the line is then to get away with that kind of thing? Um, no, but I think it's a fun, a fun place to play with, and I think it's we'll find idea. out because I think no one knows yet what those 
what those lines are, but they're saying things like, uh, you know, that it will scan kind of, it, it, it's problematic in terms of like, you know, academic essays that cite things and, you know, that need to use images and, you yeah. know, because they're talking about scanning actual, you know, for like stills from films and things like that. It's it's a very, very strange situation, yeah. but, but, you know, whilst it's going on, we ought to play with it. Yeah, for sure. That makes a bit more sense. I was, I think I, uh, when I looked at that one, I took it that you were making fun of the actual pop music rather than this uh, whole kind of copyright thing that you were just talking about. So that's, Mm. yeah, definitely changed the way that I uh, received that one. I'll have to check it out again. Um, What do you, you did mention something on that about songwriting though. I can't find the quote in my notes now. You said something... What something on, on the on the ba- not on the ba- yeah on the Bandcamp page I think it was or through your website. Oh, what about. for the uh, about songwriting for the encouraging entertainment people thing. to write better songs or something like that. Oh yeah, it does say something like that. Yeah, um, I mean there there's there is some interesting pop music happening for sure. There's there's some cool stuff happening, but there's a lot of very weird sort of naive sort of vaguely Hitler youth style um sing to the clouds and the fatherland kind of songwriting happening that I find a little bit disturbing um as a as a tendency um and uh, and and also you know also as a someone who has but spent a lot of time writing songs. Um, I think why not suggest that people, you know, try to get better at it and not stay in the same place. I do feel yeah. that a lot of art forms have got stuck in a particular place because because of kind of what the internet has done, has kind of genreified and fixed everything and everyone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think it's good to suggest that everyone writes better songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. A lot of I it's got write comfortable much better and... songs, but yeah. I'm too lazy. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I for should. sure. That's why I was interested in I was going to ask what you think makes a good song and what you think makes a great song. Um and whether you had examples of your own as well that you would perhaps put and and maybe what makes a, you know a bad song or one that you wouldn't listen to again from the past perhaps. Um I, so that was a um, lot of questions at once. <laughs> I, I tend, I tend to, if I have a, if I have a kind of song that I generally dislike, it's songs that have like sort of fo- football esque choruses where guys join in and and sing along with, you know, and the guys all sing along with each other and have a and have a great time. Um, I like. Uh, for 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 my own taste, I like uh, songs that uh, that surprise you, and um, you know, I like songs that surprise you and twist around in interesting ways, but then retain yeah. the integrity as a pop song by kind of you know twisting background, you know, to things. So I, I like songs that, um, you know, songs that play with the form in that kind of way in that it can be kind of because it's a very simple form but it can be done in a very 
sort of labyrinthine way. Yeah. Um, and um, I also like uh, I like songs that uh, that you know have interesting interaction between the words the words and the music and you know songs that play with the rhyming structures and things there's like a lot of little hidden things and possibilities inside songwriting um that that i think lots of people don't even know are there so that's also why i say that that people should write better songs because you know, lots of people haven't actually listened to a lot of the interesting songs that exist, I expect, because, you know, especially now in the in the Spotify age, if you want to find stuff that's kind of outside the mainstream, you really have to look for it. And, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I was just writing about that today, actually, because there was... Um, I don't know if you know much about Stereostick Man, but I mostly write music reviews um, for independent mm. artists. And so it's... Yeah, I think that it's interesting what you were saying because it's it's nice sometimes when there is a touch of familiarity to it because that's comforting and then maybe it's the melody or something about it, but then it veers off in some new direction and maybe it stops, mm. maybe the rhythm changes, and then suddenly the whole song is expressing like the underlying sentiment of it, you know, yeah. rather than just the lyrics. And I love it when it, and it could be any genre; it could just be pop, you know, with synths and drums, or it could be like a rock song. Um, but mm. it, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think that's definitely one of the qualities that makes or that takes a good song into a great song a lot of the time yes um what would you say are the sort of like values um perhaps if we're talking about not all your music is lyrical though is it you do write a lot of instrumental music Mm. as well what what sort of uh values do you think help you connect with other artists if you're collaborating or looking for people to work with in theater for example or um um I don't know if I'm working with people um I don't know I really it's part, part of the reason why I do um a lot, a lot of theater productions is that it's uh, it involves working with lots of people and you know collaborating on uh ideas and things I I have like lots and lots of ideas but generally my ideas are improved if I'm working with a with a bunch of other people as well so my my uh, approach to collaboration is always uh is always is always pretty open and you know it, it's uh, it's a lot to do with like finding the right people to work with because if you find the wrong people to work with it's very difficult but um but I always win them around eventually anyway so how do, how do you know if you've ended up with or how do you know who the wrong people are um if you well if for example if you if because some of my things are like uh, community theater, and if you get sometimes you know groups of people who don't know each other, and you can see that the whole thing would work extremely well if it, if it wasn't for this this one person who has a who has some some problem or something, and uh, and it kind of screws with the mechanics of the of the whole of the whole group, but. You know, I think it also one of the things of being a good director is being able to kind of win people over to the sort of group way of of uh, of seeing things. So, and I think one of the one of the um, components parts of that is 
once people realise that they're allowed to have ideas, you know, sort of equally within the group as well, then, you know, once people realise that it is a genuine collaborative environment, then they tend to... Uh, then they tend to get into the spirit of things and then it's Christmas yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> nicely put. Um, have you ever had any issues with um, confidence with regard to creative stuff, whether when writing with um, other people or performing or anything like that? Um, yeah, um, at, at different times. Um, most, of, most of my issues in... Uh, in confidence of being in life um but um and you know performing has been more like a space where i'm in control of life for 40 minutes at a time or something so i've been doing it since since i was very very young since i was like i don't know 12 maybe or something and have done it you know <laughs> on and off my whole life in various capacities when I, when I uh, went back to making music in my early 20s, I made electronic music and I didn't perform for years because there didn't seem to be any kind of logical way of doing it except for being like the laptop guy pretending to, you know, gently tease knobs on the on the mixer. Um, and it only struck me because I'd been doing um, some electronic music with singing on. That was only when it struck me, oh, I could actually perform this material and um and from that I've gone back to being someone who sometimes sits on a stage and plays guitar and you know but also whatever instrument happens to be lying about I yeah. pride myself on my capacity as an apocalypse entertainer that I could entertain a room of a, a post-apocalyptic society for four hours with two pieces of wood and nothing else <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so you don't have a go-to instrument then, if you had a choice. No, not really. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I really, I really like, uh, I really like playing. But you know what? Actually, if my, if if I had a go-to instrument that would be my instrument of choice, it would be a really deluxe, like, big disco organ with lots of, lots of beats and fills on it and arpeggios and uh, all of okay. that whole band in one yeah I mean, but one of those little Casios with the, with the beats would do anyway <laughs> that, would, that would do the trick as well hmm. is there anything particular that fascinates you and inspires you to write or do you just make yourself write or do you just enjoy writing anyway even if you're not particularly um, thinking about something I tend to I don't know um I tend to sort of have ideas for things and then end up having to do them is more the thing. Have ideas for... That's just the way it's always been. Have ideas for things and then I have to follow them through to the bitter end. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I just get... Um, I don't know, I, get, I guess I get inspired by things that, you know, conversations or... Um, and then something comes up and they say, oh, that would be nice to turn that into a production or something. Yeah. And uh, and then it becomes the all-encompassing thing. Or, like, also things like a lot of my work the last few years has been, like, things I've been asked to do. So at the moment we're working with the 
uh, Lottie and I, my partner, were working with the Cleveland Orchestra on their production of Ariadne of Naxos, making a giant video collage for that. So that's taking up most of the time, really. And I did a radio play on request about some animals who go into space. And um, so, and you know, in some ways I find it more interesting when, like, someone's asked me to do something and then like, to have to respond to that rather yeah. than kind rather of than just... than kind of go whoa what 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 could my where could my imagination take me so and uh, i've really learned that through yeah and i've been teaching recently as well and uh i've i've learned that students really hate it when uh, you say hey, you can you can paint anything you want and like, <laughs> God, i don't want to paint anything i want to go outside yeah, make it multiple choice at least, and then there's a few yeah. things to think about. Okay, so do you generally write uh, sort of storytelling stuff then, rather than you know personal experiences and feelings or stuff that's going through your head? Yeah, I I definitely conceal all my personal feelings and experiences within within layers of collage and uh, uh, you know hanky panky. Right. Have you never ever put anything like that into some of your work? Um, not in a way that anyone else would ever recognise, no. But always in ways that I recognise. So, right. um, yeah. Or, so you know, actually, to tell the truth, actually, I've I've put things in work that, like, people who know me well would recognise. So there's, like, you know, there's private communications and you know this sort of thing, and and yeah. obviously the the, the theatre pieces are like reflections on my uh, you know my ideas and you know whatever yeah, philosophical and emotional ideas and that. And I think songwriting is the same, isn't it? A song, even if it's not directly um, sort of telling and recounting an experience from your life, it obviously still unless you're deliberately not doing that, it still kind of reflects your, you know, your philosophical outlook. Yeah. In some yeah, way. it must, it must do. Hmm. Um, what's something that you've learned over the years in doing art and music um, that you might advise other musicians about or that, that's been valuable to you, like, consistently? Um trust no one no <laughs> um uh, something i've learned um about music and art and um that That's too vast of a question <laughs> yeah maybe um i would say um I would say to never be afraid or stray from the path of constantly avoiding genres. I think that's the thing, because I think if people stop thinking in uh, in genres and then meanwhile capitalism collapses and genres don't matter anyway, um, but if people stop thinking entirely in genres and just sort of go, ah, now I'm going to make some music, then yeah. we start to hear the music of the future. Yeah, I like that. 
Is it something that you've always had or is that something that you've come to? Was there originally a genre when you were very young that pulled it? Um, no, not really. I think I listened to just lots of... Um, I, I think maybe I never really developed a musical taste. I just I got like really intensely into like Pacini for three weeks, and I got really intensely into Iron Maiden for six weeks, and just you know. Okay. And um, so I've never understood really the idea of genre and why it's useful, other than to kind of you know put things into convenient boxes for where to sell it i think it just limits everything and um yeah i could rant on and on about that for ages but i shan't yeah no for sure um i saw a, a video of yours that, that you'd put up about um a rejected artist uh council mm. funding applications um would you be able to sum that kind of experience up and is it something that you still apply for? Um, I don't uh, generally apply in this country anymore because it started to seem like a fool's errand. Back in the day I used to receive um, Arts Council funding and things but I think it's become something that is very much... Um, it, you know, I don't really know what I can add to the add to the debate because obviously people do get arts council funding, um, but I certainly don't and haven't for a, a long time. And it must be about some boxes that aren't being ticked or something because all the work that I've uh, submitted for consideration is always, you know, um, community outreach in a really big way and and very experimental new ideas and I've got years of experience at running uh, events and tours and rehearsing yeah. casts and blah 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 um but but um no in in uh, in this country it's uh, it's proved impossible and um I have, you know, I've started to wonder, obviously, lots of lots of times about the the reasons for it, and it's open to conjecture. There are, of course, lots of people um, who uh, who agree wholeheartedly that I should certainly not be receiving arts council funding, but the, but they're probably right because because I probably shouldn't be receiving funding from the state. It's probably not. Um, you know, it's probably it probably doesn't doesn't hang right in the grand scales of heaven, does it? Um, well, do you think what that, that you would have done things vastly different if you had have had funding? Like, are there things that you dreamed of doing that you've not been able to do because? Of yes, it? I would have done things. I would have done things vastly differently. All my stuff has been done in a total climate of sort of debt and desperation tours where. Um, you know, you don't know if you can get to the next destination, which is 200 miles away tomorrow, because you literally don't have the money to, to get there. And, you know, constant hustling for money and accommodation yeah. and spending more of the time doing that kind of thing rather than actually sitting and, uh, you know, concentrating on the work. So all of my work really has been... Um, made under circumstances of um having to constantly cut corners and there's a lot of people who say to me about this that um oh no but don't you feel that those uh 
though you know those those limitations made them the wonderful pieces that they are but in it's such a ridiculous idea because you know they they they're you know good whatever as they as they are it's silly to say that if you had had uh, you know more resources it wouldn't have been as good it's uh if it had more resources it would have had more more time and thought and yeah it would have been a different piece and we would have never seen the other piece and yeah oh well resign that one to room 101 or something yeah no that makes sense it's uh a tricky one to think about i know what you mean a lot of people say the same thing but it's the same as just recording something i guess just recording it mm. on your phone as opposed to actually doing it properly yeah. in the studio it's the same it's the same song or you know it's the same idea but um perhaps you can push it a little bit further if there is some some funding behind it which, which is yeah exactly and it just means like say for instance with the piece i did with mahogany opera mozart versus machine which did have some funding behind it and i was able to really develop this extremely multi-layered piece over about um five years and that was a very you know very nice a nice period and so the piece has like a sort of depth and complexity that have kind of i mean i've made pieces of equal kind of complexity but not in 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 such a kind of considered and thought out and uh communicative kind of way as that one because my stuff is often a real sort of jumble of an experience for the audience to sort of get around but that's also because you know my time and resources in doing it have been extremely limited and i've had actually 30 percent of the time to write it and the rest of the time just to fret and uh yeah so what's the best thing that could happen say in the next six months regarding your upcoming projects then just kind of for me the best thing that could happen one of them rich opera opera patrons who flirted me but flirted with me back in the olden days i'll say that again (laughs) one of them rich opera patrons yeah one of them rich opera patrons who flirted with me back in the olden days no what would be nice for me um in well you know there's lots of uh um, I'll probably just keep doing what I'm doing, but you know, there's lots of you know nice possibilities. I've laid lots of groundwork in lots of places. Some open-minded record label could come along and release uh, Nibiru on a nice, nice heavyweight vinyl. Yeah. Um, you know, um, someone, uh, you know, someone with lots of money in the opera world who saw Mozart versus Machine on its tour could get in touch and. Uh, you know, commission one of my many new, fascinating, magnificent ideas and uh, give me lots of money to make a piece that lots of people will see. Yeah. And in fact, you know what? That's, that's actually the best thing. That, because the the main problem that I have is that, you know, I make lots of stuff and at various points, you know, large amounts of people have seen it, but it sort of doesn't... It hasn't happened for a long time. It doesn't happen... Uh, Regularly, I have a, a new record out and a new single, really deluxe pop single called Valerian Barotchik is Dead. And the fact is only about 200 people in total have uh, have heard it. So the best thing that could happen for me 
uh, on a purely pragmatic career type level right now would be that you know something happens where a large amount of people are exposed to one thing that I've done yeah and then they can follow the trail back and find everything yeah okay hmm. what would you say is your greatest ambition at the moment oh um Yes, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have any. I have uh, some. Um, I have some. I, I. I basically have ideas for things that I want to do. I. Don't, I don't really see things in terms of. Um, in terms of. Ambitions, really. I see things more as. Uh, just doing another. Doing another thing. Um, step by step, I, kind of in the near future stuff rather than bigger picture yeah. oh in the okay in well in the near future well we have the Ariadne of Naxos thing in Cleveland in January yeah um and then we're in New York for a week um is PLC and Depressedival are looking for gigs in New York that week the week of the 14th I'll also be spending my birthday in New York which will be very nice 39 years old and uh and then after that, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've kind of at the moment I don't really have any uh, any immediate uh, projects, but it but it's more to do with kind of the actual reality of you know getting another theatre show together without any money to do it and things is uh, all consuming, yeah. It, yeah. And if I'm, you know, I've looked around to try to find, you know, money to write a new piece. Because if I am going to actually write a new piece in terms of the words and the music and probably the imagery, because I would do all three simultaneously, it's, you know, it takes a, a you know, a long period of in, intensive concentration. And I'm kind of mainly, uh, mainly teaching at the moment and then doing this uh, techno pantomime. And in between making anti-fascist uh, cut-up music, yeah. um, but for sure, uh, you know, I, what 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 I really want to do is is direct uh, more, uh, you know, very large-scale pieces of uh, music theatre. But you know, I'm I'm not going to do that until someone asks me to, and they will. But you know. <laughs> They, uh, it, it'll take some time. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Are you? Can people get in touch with you then? Are you open to collaborating and networking and chatting, or are you a bit sort of? Yeah, swamped? no, I'm really, I'm really, really open to hearing people's ideas and uh, um, whatnot. Um, What's so the best best any, way for anyone to grab you? Yeah, um, uh, what the best way? Probably uh, the email logo fismis at gmail dot com. The old reliable. So just to kind of sum up then, is that because uh, as you're obviously you quite you seem like quite a confident character. And I asked I asked about that earlier. Um, you said it's more off stage, whereas mm. on stage you feel like um, you have control, and then it's a more relaxed environment for you, which is really interesting for me because for me it's it's the exact opposite. Um, I was wondering if you had any advice to give to people who maybe find themselves crippled by insecurity or fear when it comes to you know, putting their music out there or just doing anything performance or art-wise? Art um, is um, there anything? Well, 
In terms of going on stage, I think it's it's that thing of actually realizing that you know once once you like in terms in terms of like the you know legality and logistics of the of the public realm is with with the stage is that once you're once you're on there then legally it's your it's entirely your territory so rather than seeing it as a lion's den of you know attackers you're actually the lion inside the cage and in general people can't touch you it isn't always true in uh, in in uh, well glasgow for example where i've had some short shrift of some very large men but um oh in 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 general i think that's that's true and in terms of people who make music and uh and don't put it out there um the fact is the internet now is such a a huge abyss of information that uh you might as well put your music on the internet anyway, um, because very few people actually listen to it, but one or two of them might be extremely interesting people who get in touch with them uh, with you. But if you do put your music on the internet, license it as Creative Commons. And that's the key. If you license your music as Creative Commons, then it can spread you know, through, uh, through sampling and manipulation, and the, and the credits always go back to you. And yeah. it's the it's the future from the two thousands that never came. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, thank you. Um is there anything else you want to say or talk about while we're here? Um no, no. That's 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 cool. Fine. I really appreciate your time, thank you. It's really nice to, to chat oh, with you. Thank you. Um yeah, and I w- wish you well and everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers.